السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام عليك بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه I just wanted to very briefly look at some of these meanings that uh, were recited by Sayyid Abdul Fatah from this great poem of Imam Abdullah bin Ali al-Haddad where he mentions these great Imams or some of them from the blessed family of our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to whom that Ustad Amjad referred and that it's in mentioning these very pious and blessed people is that attachments develop in the heart that pull us to follow in their footsteps and to try to live up to the ways that they lived and that these were the very best of people who walked the face of this earth and Imam Haddad that calls them the people of Jude and Karam they're people of generosity they're people of nobility and that they are people that because they have preferred the other world over this world is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has immersed them in His blessings and that He has made them that a refuge for people here on earth to always know that where to find guidance. And as long as we are bereft as a community, wherever we be on the face of this earth, whether it be in the United States or anywhere else, and that we are not understanding this reality of the deen, of the importance of connecting to the living representatives of Sayyidina Muhammad wasallam, is that not only will we never be able to attain the realities of Iman, we never will be able to fulfill our function here on earth. We'll never be able to build what it is that we were meant to build, whether that be at the level of the material, or whether that be at the level of human beings, or whether that be at the level of our spiritual edifice. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that that mentions great things about the blessed family of our Prophet ﷺ in his book. And we know is that it is an obligation upon his ummah to love them and to follow them. And that this is indicated in these blessed words of Imam Haddad where he eventually says, is that, نَحْنُ مِنْ قَوْمٍ بِهِ سَكَنَوَ وَبِهِ مِنْ خَوْفِهِمْ أَمِنُوا Is that we are from a people that have resided in it wherein we still feel safe from fear, will be ayatul Qurani anu fina akhal wahan. And by the verses of the Quran, is that they were intended. So be gentle with us, O healer of the weak. And will be ayatul Qurani anu. In other words, is that these are people that are referred to in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's book in multiple places. Inna ma yurid Allahu liyudhi ba ankum rij ahl al bayt wa yutahhirukum tatira. And if you look at what the scholars say about this verse, that indeed is that Allah Ta'ala's only intent for you, O people of O Ahl Bayt, O people of the house, is to remove from you all rids, all types of impurity or filth, however you choose to translate it, and to completely purify you. And that is one of the great that verses that indicate the merit of Ahl Bayt. And this is the only thing that our Prophet asked us. Say that I ask you for no recompense except that you show love to my family, 
to my kin, those that are close to me. And so that this is that what our Prophet's request was, uh, was for us, and this is mentioned in Allah Ta'ala's book, and this is why, is that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq put this into practice and he said, Urkubu Muhammadin fi ahl Observe Muhammad in his family. In other words, observe the right that Muhammad has upon you in relation to his family. And this is the Quranic request, is that we take care of them, is that we love them, is that we honor them and fulfill their rights outwardly. But then also, Urkubu Muhammadin fi is that observe spiritually that the Sayyidina Muhammad in his family is that they have a special connection to the Sunnah by virtue of the fact that they are direct descendants of Sayyidina Muhammad and his very blood and DNA exists within them. And that this is in and of itself something that is great and one of the things that you could say undoubtedly is that the Ahlul Bayt Rasulillah are the spiritual elite of the Ummah. And when you say that, unfortunately, we have to spend a lot of time qualifying that and explain what we don't mean by that and what we do mean by that. But this is haq and this is reality. Is that the greatest imams of this ummah and the vast majority of those whom founded spiritual paths hailed from the prophetic lineage. And that we find that there's amazing things that eventually that Imam Haddad says here about this Choosing of Allah Ta'ala of them and making them the spiritual elite. And when he says this, he's not bragging. He's saying this to Hadithim bin Ni'matillah. He says, <clears throat> Is that we know the valley, the Batha of Mecca, the valley of Mecca. And, and it knows us. Is that Mount Safa and the house, yani the Kaaba, that love us. Literally find intimacy in us. And that someone might say, Astaghfirullah, how could you say that? This is by virtue of their inheritance of the Rasul. Did not our Prophet as he's walking through the streets of Mecca at times have rocks send salam to him? Of course. That did our Prophet not have interactions not only with inanimate objects but also with animals as well? He did indeed, Sallallahu and anything that is permissible by way of miracle for him is permissible by way of inheritance, in other words, that it's a karama and saintly miracle when it appears on their hands. This is what the that scholars of that Tawheed say. And so these are things that are that known to be uh, that, that true by the true people of Allah Ta'ala. And then he starts to mention his lineage to the Sibtain, the two great grand the two great uh, that grandchildren of our Prophet ﷺ, not great grandchildren, great in the sense of description, that they're the grandchildren of Rasul. And then he says, Nasiban Mafihimin Dakhani, is that this is a lineage free from blemish. And then he starts that mentioning these great Imams. Kem Imamin Ba'duhu Khalafu Khuluku. Is it how many Imams after them that were that created? And that he starts to mention them. The great Sayyidina Ali Zain al-Abideen, Imam Muhammad al-Baqar, Imam Jafar al-Sadiq, Imam Ali Zain al-Abideen, and Imam Ali al-Uraidi. And that this is where he, they trace their lineage from, is that through that these Imams back to the Prophet that the, all of those mentioned before Imam Ali al-Uraidi are buried, that right there in Baqir, with the exception of Sayyidina Hussein, and that Imam Ali Zain al-Abideen, Imam Muhammad al-Baqir, Imam Jafar al-Sadiq, all in a row.
buried right next to Sayyidina Fatima al-Batul al-Zahra and their uncle, that Sayyidina Hassan bin Ali. And then Sayyidina Ali Uredi is buried just outside of Medina and then that his children migrated to Basra in Iraq for two generations. And then the story of the Sadiq Ali bin Hadr will begin with Sayyidina Ahmed bin, uh, bin Isa al-Muhajr when he migrates to Hadramaut and then that leaves his progeny there and that there was an outward dimension to his migration and there was an inward dimension. And the inward dimension was that they said that he was a great imam who had unveiled for him the trust that was placed in his loins. And he saw that he was carrying, and this is possible by the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala can give someone insight to see what other people normally cannot see. And he saw that he was carrying an amana, a deep trust. And he wanted to put that trust in the very safest of places. And so he thought and thought, outwardly you say this, inwardly he was guided to what it is that, where it is that he needed to go, to find a place to be able to put his progeny in a place whereby which is that they could flourish. And they could be safe from strife in fitna of all different sorts. And this is the whole story of how they ended up in the Blessed Valley of Hadramaut, and then generation after generation to this day that it's been thriving for over 1100 years since the time that they first arrived. And eventually through the diaspora, they reached that many places far and wide on the face of this earth. But that what he says here about them, and this is their secret, is that فَهُمَ الْقَوْمُ الَّذِينَ هُدُوا These are a people that have been guided. وَبِفَضِّ اللَّهِ قَدْ سَعِدُوا And that through the bounty of Allah is that they have flourished. And they have become felicitous. وَلِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ مَا قَصَدُوا They never sought other than Allah. They never sought rank in the place of people's hearts. They never sought political position. They never sought the world. And obviously we mean by this the great imams among them. Is that, They only sought Allah in everything that is that they did. And this is the second of the four basic meanings of La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, La maqsood illallah. Is that, we obviously know from the standpoint of Tawheed that nothing that is worshipped except Allah. But la ilaha illallah, the second degree of that meaning, la ilaha illallah, la maqsood. Nothing is sought other than Allah. This is the second degree of taraqi in the meanings of la ilaha illallah, is where we remove from our intentions all otherness. Is that we only seek closest to Allah and everything that it is that we do. And they will remain connected and affiliated with the Quran until. They come to the hold in the basin of our Prophet ﷺ as has come to us in a hadith. Ahlul Bayt al-Mustafa al-Tuhuri Hum aman al-Adi fadakiri Is that the family, the family, the Ahl Bayt of Mustafa, the chosen one, the purified family of his, is that they are protection for the earth. So be aware that take this, take, take mind of this. They are protection for earth. This comes directly from a hadith of our Prophet and that where the Prophet said وسلم, is that Ahlul Bayti amanu li ahlil ard is that the, my family is a protection for the people of the earth and the first part of the hadith is just as the stars are a protection for heaven my family is a protection for the people of the earth and then shubbihu ba'anjumin zuhuri mithla ma qaja'a sunani is that they have been likened to the stars that shine in the sky, just as come in the sunnah of our Prophet 
and the hadith goes on. But then there's this very blessed du'a, which is one of the great du'as of Imam Haddad, that's repeated time and time again, time and time again in the, in, in the majadis. Rabbi fan fa'ana bi barakatin. We ask Allah to benefit us through that their blessing. Wahdina al-husna bi matihim. And to guide us to all that is good by their sanctity. Wa'amitna fi tariqatihim. And cause us to die following their path. Wa'mu'afatin min al-fitani. And safeguarded from all tribulations. Right, so this is a du'a that we should memorize. Rabbi fanfa'na bi barakatihim, wahdina husna bi hurmatihim, wa mitna fi tariqatihim, wa mu'afatan min al-fitani. Insha'Allah that we're going to continue on in our study of this blessed book. In fact, we're going to commence the first part of it and to get back to where we left off, uh, the Kitab al-Futuwa by Imam al-Sulami. And we're going to be hearing this word a lot over the next few months. And every time we hear this word futuwa, is that we want to again take stock and remind ourselves that the portion of us should not only be just hearing these words. We want to live these realities. And even though that we might be distant from what it is that we will hear, is that we want to move every week a step closer. We want to all understand that this is what life is all about. Is doing what it is that we need to do to purify our heart, to worship our Lord sincerely, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and being in the service of people. And every single person can have some portion of service. Whether you are young or whether you are old, whether you are male or whether you are female, is that whether you are able-bodied or whether you can't leave your home, everyone can have a portion of service of some sort. And what we need to be inspired to do is to find out what it is that you and what individual contribution can each one of us make. And so I want to just read through this initial chapter so that we can let's see how the great Imam Sulaimi, who was a prolific author that presents this concept of futuwa. So after Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim he says all praise is due to Allah who has opened the path of futuwa, spiritual chivalry which leads to the most beautiful form of the fulfillment of our duties to him and who has cleared and cleansed that path from all errors and all evil and raised its level to the highest. This is a clear path. And that it is the highest of degrees if we really embody all of its meanings. The prophets whom he has sent and the chosen servants who are close to him are on this path. So again, he is connecting the way of Futua to the way of all of the prophets who came before us. This is essentially their way. One of the ways to describe, or you could say is synonymous with the very message that they all bore is living this way of futuwa, which again is not just some abstract meaning. It is about being. It is a way of life. It is about a number of things that you and I do in our everyday life. And he says, All for whom the path to truth has been open, whose names are written as pure in the book of righteousness, learned to follow the, learn to follow this path and attain the noble levels of those who embody futuwa. In other words, it has been passed on generation after generation, generation after generation. The first to follow the call of Fatua, to honor munificence and good conduct, was Adam. He was the first human being who walked the, the, the face of this earth, whose name is fixed in the will of Allah, whose being lives in the house of majesty, who was supported by the holy light and purity, and who has been crowned by the crown of munificence and entered into the realm of salvation. These are honorifics of ways of describing 
what he has attained as a result of living this way. When his son Cain renounced Futuwa, his other son Abel took it up. The prophet Seth gave Futuwa its due and protected it from all and everything that was improper. The prophet Enoch was brought to high stations by it and was saved from the traps of the devil. Noah suffered for his devotion to Futuwa and thus became illuminated by it. Ad was named after Futuwa, which protected him from pride. Hud showed the beauty of loyalty to his people with Futuwa, and Saleh saved himself from evil with its help. Abraham, the friend of Allah, was, who was a true Fatah, broke the statues and idols. Through Futuwa, Ishmael was ready to be sacrificed to his Lord Most High, and Lot reached the high heaven from which there was no descent. With Futuwa, Isaac prays until the day of reckoning. Jacob held fast to the ideals of Futuwa. In Futuwa, Job found comfort in his sickness. With Futuwa, Joseph trod the most beautiful of paths and succeeded each step. Dhul Kifl, abiding with the high ranks of Futuwa, did his good deeds. Shu'ayb, taking the laurels in the race, won the first place. With Futuwa, he was kept from all doubt and error. Moses was honored by being invested with the robe of Futuwa. Aaron abode it well, abode with it and spoke well. The companions of the cave and the inscription were honored by it and were saved and entered into the realm of God's gifts. David's heart was revived with it and because of it he found it sweet to bow and prostrate. Solomon received Futua from David. Both men and jinns came to be under his commandment's account. Jonah saw reality in the rules of Futua and he followed them. Zechariah entered the realm of peace and joy with it. John with his loyalty to it in difficult moments was saved from the pangs of suffering. Jesus shone with the purest of light through it and came to be called the Spirit and the Messiah through it. Entire victory was given to Sayyidina Muhammad. Peace and blessings upon him. And the, his bro- and the brothers Abu Bakr and Omar and his uncle's son Ali became the guardians of it. So what does he do there? Is that he connects all of these meanings that he's going to discuss and he's just going to essentially list all of the meanings of Fatua in his book. And he presents it in this way though, that this is the legacy of all of the prophets who came before us. And if it's the legacy of all of the prophets, it means that this is the legacy of true people. This is how we want to live. This is how we want to be. And this is why after presenting that, he makes a dua. O Allah, enable us to act upon this discourse. Accord us the grace of this knowledge. Let us be among those who see the truth and lead us on lead us on this the best of paths whoever hopes to meet his lord should do good deeds and worship none but his lord all praises due to allah whose gifts are eternal and all power belongs to allah most high who begets no son has no partner in his dominion nor needs he any to protect him from humiliation yea magnify him for his greatness and glory all thanks are due to allah who showed the signs of his generosity in his chosen servants driving them to obedience and saving them from revolt and informed us that their state is the state of his friend in the Holy Quran he says they said we heard a noble youth called Ibrahim speak of them and so that this is now mentioning the verse that refers to the Prophet Ibrahim he gave the title Fatah to the one he loves because the one who bears the sign of Fatua and is called by its name gives all the love that he had for himself, for his family, for his property and children to Allah. He empties his being of everything and leaves it to the owner of all things. He leaves the whole universe and all that there is in it. 
This, that is when Allah calls His chosen friends. Surely they were noble youths who believed in their Lord and we advanced them in guidance. This is in reference to the people, the sleepers of the cave. They were given abundant guidance and climbed to His proximity because they believed in their Lord only for their Lord's sake and said, Our Lord is the Lord of heaven and earth. Never shall we call upon any God other than Him. Allah dressed them with his own clothes and he took them in his high protection and turned them in the direction of his beauties and said, and we turn them about to the right and to the left. He's pointing to the spiritual meaning of that verse. And all who enter the path of Futua are under Allah's direction and protection. And so what he's saying here is, is that the essence of this whole matter of Futua is emptying the heart from everything other than Allah. is complete devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have the story of the Prophet Abraham who did everything that he did to uphold the true monotheism. And this is not just merely at the level of belief. This is at the level of spiritual witnessing, which is that we should all be striving towards. And one of the most oft-recited du'as that I've heard that from our teachers is Allahumma aj'alna min ahl haqiqat al-tawheed. Of all the du'as, I think I've probably heard them say that du'a more than any other du'a. And in fact, I believe that he makes that du'a after every single prayer. Oh Allah, make us to be from the people of the reality of Tawheed. So you have people who say, La ilaha illallah. And then you have people that are experiencing the reality of La ilaha illallah in every single minute. They are witnessing the divine impact upon creation. And even though that for, for us that's theory, we believe in that. But we want to strive and take a path in our life is that it's no longer theory. Is that we're living those realities. Even if it means that it's the, that last breath that we take on the face of this earth, this is what our entire life should revolve around. Emptying the heart from everything other than Allah. Devoting ourselves to Allah. And the more that we do that, the more comfort we will find in our grave. The lesser the reckoning will be on Yom Qiyamah. And the higher degree of paradise we will have in the Akhirah. This is what life is essentially about. And we happen to live in a time where there are that very complicated ways of uprooting these meanings from people's hearts and dragging us to their opposites. And this is why we have to be aware of it. And that it is as our, that Prophet said, وسلم, is that he saw himself as someone who was trying to keep moths away from falling into the flames of the fire. The moths themselves are attracted towards that light. And he, sallallahu alayhi wa is trying to prevent them from that being drawn into that. And when we get towards the end of time, Ustad Amjad mentioned the end of time and the Dajjal, one of the key tendencies of that time is that there will be paradise behind the fire and fire behind what appears to be paradise. In other words, things that appear to be good is that actually... There is that evil behind that. And things that appear to be evil, that there's actually great good behind it. In other words, things will not be what they seem to be. And this is why the believer is, that call, is, is called to look at things deeply in a very nuanced fashion. We have to see through a lot of this deception and a lot of the illusion. And to know what it is that we really should be doing. And that many of these tendencies that are pulling us to these meanings, is that they're combated by this reality of Futuwa, whose essence is essentially about ridding the heart from everything 
other than Allah wa ta'ala, and then devoting ourselves to the service of His creation. This is the way that all of the Prophets were, is that they were in the service of creation. They were the greatest of servants to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. And the proof of that is the hadith that we've all heard, is that al-khalq kulluhum Allah. All of creation are Allah's dependents. فَحَبُّهُمْ إِلَى اللَّهِ The most beloved of them to Allah are the most beneficial that to His dependents, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the more service that we do, the more beloved that we are to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. And that it's this, what's known as the process of tahbib. And glad tidings to the one whom that makes Allah Ta'ala's creation beloved to him and that and makes Allah beloved to his creation. How? Is that by doing the work of the prophets, is that you are that helping their Adamic potential rise to the surface, and thus that you are that being a means for them to come to love Allah. And in the process of doing that, as they shed all of the things that need to be left behind to attain closest to Allah is that you are a means for them to become beloved to Allah Jalla Jalalu. This is the greatest and most honorable thing of all to do and that this is the essence of the duty of the prophets who came before us. And so he then says that, O oh my son, may Allah accord you his pleasure. You asked about futuwa. You asked about futuwa. Know that fatua means following the ordinances of perfect devotion, leaving all evil and attaining in action and in thought the best of visible and hidden good conduct. Every condition and every moment demand you one aspect of fatua. There is no state or time without that demand. There is futuwa fit for your behavior towards Allah, another towards the Prophet, and others towards his companions, yet others towards the pure ones of the past, your shaykh, your brotherhood, and the two angels on your shoulders, who keep the accounting of your deeds, and in reality, all of creation. I shall describe here some of these, and support them by the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam and the declarations, actions, conduct, and virtues of our elders, those people who came before us, in this and in all I do, I beseech the aid of Allah who suffices me and who is the best of all guardians. And then inshallah ta'ala, next week we will start to that go through these various virtues. And when he pr- introduces them all, he says, Faminil Futuwa. So from among that, the things that constitute Futuwa are, and he'll start mentioning traits, he'll start mentioning traits and trait after trait, trait after trait, of these great and noble people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make these realities, that a, give these realities life in our heart, Ya Rabbi Alameen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rule from us, that anything that is preventing us from living in an upright way, Ya Rahman Rahmin. may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq in all of our different affairs, protect us and protect our families from all of the tribulations and difficulties of our time, may we be have the courage to dig deep down within ourselves, whereby which that we can live in a way that is pleasing to Allah and pleasing to His Messenger. Ya Rahman Rahim, may Allah Ta'ala give us strength and to bless us uh, to do what it is that we have to do and give us tawfiq in all of our different affairs. Ya Rahman Rahim, protect us and our communities and our children and our families. Ya Rabbi Alameen, and to protect the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu when we have all have long lives in the obedience of Allah. Sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadan wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma